0: Good morning again. Good morning. Thank you. So great to see you this morning. I am excited that it is 2022, you know. Uh, in 2020, everyone thought it was going to be their year, you know. 2020 is my year. And that was over and people were like, 2021, this is my year. 2022, who knows, right? Like who knows what this year is going to hold. But uh, it'll be interesting and it'll be a wonderful year uh, no matter what takes place, even through tragedy, even through uh, you know, confusion and all that, because we serve a God who's bigger than all of it, right? It's one of the things I've been reminded, uh, you know, we thought the pandemic wouldn't last very long, be a few months, and then it just kept going, 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 and it's just, life is just different, but one thing I've seen is it doesn't matter how much life changes, God is still faithful. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of, you know, start a new year. Uh, I spent the past couple of weeks, With my family extended family my you know the grandparents and parents and uh uh, my brother nieces and all that it was really wonderful time but also i love the holidays because uh every year you know we take vacation time take some time off i really just spend a lot of time praying and just praying and thinking about what the next year looks like for for our church family and so i'm excited for the next few weeks i'm excited for the few of the things we're going to be doing as a church family uh, some of the, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say changes, but not like major changes to anything we do on a weekly basis, but just some changes to some things uh, here and there that, that God's laid on my heart. So I'm excited this morning to share out of Matthew chapter 6. If you do have your Bibles or if you're using your smartphones, you can pull up uh, Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read out of the ESV version today, the English Standard Version. So if you are on the app, you can follow along and want to select that version. You can, or you can use any version that you have. Uh, there's not like, oh, the ES version is the best and all the other ones are terrible. No, that's just the one that I'm using today. A quick reminder before we jump into everything in the message and all that, connection cards, the yellow connection cards are in the seat right in front of you. Uh, at the end of today's message, we will go through that, the back of that yellow connection card and ask, what's my next right step with the Lord? What's that next thing that he's asking me to do? And we'll fill that out. Also, uh, our giving is online at vinetrustville.com. Connection cards and giving can also be done online uh, on the website if you want to do that. If you are online joining us today, obviously you can do that on the website, vinetrustville.com. The majority of our giving is through vinetrustville.com. And then later on in the message today, uh, there's a portion where I'm going to go over what uh, our church family did over Christmas. And it's pretty wonderful. Uh, I I can't wait to kind of celebrate what you guys did giving-wise throughout the Christmas season. So... Uh, today, uh, my talk today, this message, I'm, in, I'm titling it Healthy Secrets, Healthy Secrets. Now, my family, uh, there's six of us, you know, Brooke and I and our four kids, so whenever we take a road trip, whether it be on a plane or in the car, there's always a great discussion of who's going to sit by who. You know, if we're getting onto a plane, where well, there's always this, discussion, well, I'm going to sit by, and then we're, us three are going to be together, and then those three are going to be together. And especially on a plane, the kids are always trying to convince us that they're big enough to sit on a road by themselves and no adult. So uh, in recent years, we've allowed them, but many years before, we did not. Well, this year, we took a road trip in the car uh, to see my parents out in Texas. And so something that, that takes place almost every single time we take a road trip is eventually the older two kids, uh, our two oldest, Madison and Ethan, they end up in the very, very back, like the third row. And then the younger ones are in the middle row. And then Brooke and I, you know, are in the front row. That's right? And uh, our older kid, two kids, just for years, they, they get along so well. They laugh together. They make jokes. They play around in the back seat. They watch, you know, movies and stuff together. And they just laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And it's kind of fun. It's also kind of annoying, right? Because they're being so loud. Let's be honest. It's okay, parents. Sometimes you get annoyed with your kids, right? Yeah, it happens. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes it happens. You know, so but they're laughing and all. But then the two little kids, like they just can't stand not being a part of the action. You know, they're like, what's going on? What are you laughing at? What did you say? What happened? And they're, you know, the big ones, you know, they're just not paying attention at all. They're like, whatever, you know, and they're just like, what happened? I want to know what was funny. What's going on? And so then, you know, one of the little ones or maybe both of them, but at least one of them gets angry and like furious that they're not back there with them and having all the fun, you know, and oftentimes, you know, over the years, many, many times, those in the backseat, the older kids are laughing and then they ask the questions like, well, what's going on? And they'll say, it's a secret. Right, And so what they're really saying is, we're doing something that's fun, and you can't be a part of it. Like, you are not included. And so then Brooke or I, you know, one or even maybe one of the kids will say, well, secrets don't make friends. Right? It's like, well, secrets don't make friends. So you guys, you got to include everybody. You know, you ever heard that, secrets don't make friends? Right? We heard that all growing up. You know, we we have secrets for, you know, many different reasons. Uh, We have secrets so that we can gossip about people. We have secrets so that we can hold power over people. Or we have, you know, secret sins, things that we've done or things that we're ashamed of that we've kept secret. And usually when we think about secrets, we generally think of something negative. Like it's majority of the time, it it has a negative connotation. Well, don't keep secrets. Secrets don't make friends. You know, we're like, well, secrets are bad. Like I keep it secret so no one else knows about it. Well, this morning we're going to talk about some healthy secrets, because there are some really good secrets as well. And what we're going to look at through Matthew chapter 6 is that God actually rewards some healthy secrets. Like There are some things that God desires for us to keep secret, and he actually rewards us because it's secret. You know, it's that time of the year where we all make New Year's resolutions that will break by Tuesday, but it's that time of the year where we make New Year's resolutions. Well, part of my hope today is is that, uh, you know, you'll make some New Year's resolutions, but there'll be some secret ones that you don't tell anybody about, and they're just between you and God. Uh, that's kind of, you know, a little bit of my hope today. Uh, I always make New Year's resolutions every year, and, you know, when I was little, I made, like, big, audacious New Year's uh, resolutions that I did not fulfill whatsoever. And then many times over the years, I've made some that really were, made some healthy change in my life, some things I needed to do. But I will say, the, for me personally, I cannot really name but maybe one or two New Year's resolutions that weren't spiritual, that actually helped my life, but I can name quite a few that were spiritual things about my personal life with God that greatly enhanced my life. Uh, so hopefully today, anybody of this, you'll have some, uh, maybe some secret uh, New Year's resolutions to go off of. So Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 4, beginning out today. Uh, Jesus says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what Jesus is doing is he is encouraging us to practice something healthy, all the while discouraging the Israelites from doing what they've seen their friends, what they've seen their religious leaders do, what they've seen hypocrites do. And what they've seen hypocrites do is to announce... Here is all that I'm giving to the needy. I go into the temple, and I'm bringing my gift. I'm bringing my 1,000, my 2,000, my 50,000, whatever it is, and announcing this is how great I am because this is how generous I am. And they're announcing it, and Jesus is saying, don't do that like the hypocrites because the fact that they're, the, the, they, want, they want to have praise from other people, they want to be praised by men. And whenever they get praise from men, whenever people look upon them with jealousy or with admiration or whatever it may be that they're craving, when they look upon, that's the only reward they get. You know, there's going to be times in our life where God is going to ask us to sacrificially give to someone else, to sacrificially give, not just to give, you know, $5 or $10 because we have that and we have that in excess, but there's going to come a point in time in our lives where we're going to see someone in need, We're going to see a a missionary going to do this, or there's an organization, or there's a homeless person, or whatever. We're going to see something, and God's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to move upon our heart to sacrificially give. Sacrificially giving means we give when it hurts. It's going to hurt me to give this amount, this thing, this time. Not only money, it can be money, it could be time, it could be talent, energy. It's It's going to cost me something, that sacrifice. It's going to cost me something to give this. There's going to be a time when God calls us to do that. And he promises us, when we sacrificially give, he rewards us. It actually, says, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's the reward when we give sacrificially. When by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, that God rewards us. But Jesus says we forfeit that reward if we do it in public. We forfeit that reward if we're publicly declaring, "Here's how this here's how generous I am." That praise that we get, that's all we're gonna get. We forfeit the heavenly, divine reward. So the first thing, if you're taking notes, if you want to write down, is that God rewards secret gifts. God rewards secret gifts. We read it a moment ago. In verse 4, Jesus says, Do it so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. You know, over the, the break, as I was praying about just our church family, and, you know, uh, what, where we're headed as a church family, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I just can be, be begin to think about too, like my kids. Uh, my kids are a part of our church family. You know, what are some things that I really deeply want and desire for my kids to know? What are some things that I deeply want and desire for our church to know? And whether it's you know uh, exciting or engaging or compelling, you know, as pastors sometimes you think like, well, what are the people going to want to hear the most? right? It's like, what are they going to, what's going to engage them most? What's going to be the most, what's all this, you know, there's can be all kinds of mindsets. I'm going to think, you know what, forget about what's, you know, entertaining. Forget about what's engaging. Forget about all that, like, what do I just want our church family to know? So today, a lot of what I'm talking about is birthed out of this. It's like, I really want you to know that God rewards secret gifts. So much of what we do in our culture is for other people to see it. We do it so that others can see it. Like we, there are people that their entire livelihood is based on other people seeing what they're doing, right? Through social media, like they're influencers, you know, content creators and all this, you know, on YouTube and TikTok. And, and it's like their whole life is spent so that other people can see it. But how often do we talk about the things that no one sees, the things that only God sees? And I don't think we talk about it enough. And I think, you know, part of it is our culture has no value for it whatsoever. Our culture has no value for the unseen secret gifts. They have no value for the unseen. I, I feel like an old man saying this because I feel like now I'm just like, well, back in my day, you know, but like, I feel like 20 years ago, maybe just the church I grew up in, there's more value for that. There's more talk on integrity and all this kind of stuff in secret that we just don't talk about that as much anymore, in culture especially. But God rewards secret gifts. You know, over this Christmas break, we had our agriculture gift, uh, our Christmas gift. You know, so as a church family, we did, you know this year we're going to give the Convoy of Hope and the agricultural portion of Convoy of Hope. So I showed you that list. I think I have the graphic here, Maddie. If you can put that up there of all the things that we could purchase. You know, as a church family, that we could do. And guess what? Secretly, you guys gave because no one announced what you were giving. Right? You did it all on your own. I think it was all online, pretty much. Uh, majority, if not all of it, was all online. And it was a secret gift that I want to celebrate you for your giving. And I also want to talk a little bit about what we were able to do. Here's a list of the things that you, as our church family, all of us, well, we, as our church family, we provided for people in need all across the world, from from Honduras to Asia, South America, Central America, uh, Asia, wherever convoy has specific uh, things set up right now, and they could use this. First thing is we, we bought 100 chickens as a church family. That's right. We bought 100 chickens. We bought two goats for families. Okay? We bought four agricultural training sessions for people. We we bought 12 seed packets and we bought four farming, farming tool sets, farming and gardening tool sets. And, praise the Lord, we also did a school garden. So we were able to do a school garden. Yes. So... Thank you so much for your generosity. I know those watching online, uh, real quick, I meant to say it earlier, but those watching online, we prayed for you earlier today. I know some of you are sick. Uh, you have colds. A few of you are following you know, protocols and all that. Uh, we we took some moments and we prayed for you this morning. But also thank you to those as a part of our church family. Thank you for your giving and all that we were able to do. Uh, there are going to be... One of the reasons we invested in this agriculture mission is because it's near and dear to my heart and the mission trip that I went on to an orphanage that I told you about. But also, what we were able to do doesn't just help people right now because of the chickens, the goats, the garden tools, and the school garden. I mean, an entire elementary school is going to have a garden, and they're going to be trained how to work the land properly. What What we have done as a church family is we've provided for at least a handful, if not hundreds, if not thousands of families, to have generational income, to have generational uh, means, to have generational food. So thank you so much for your generosity. You guys are amazing. And guess what? God's going to reward those secret gifts. I know some of you sacrificially gave. Some of you said, you know what? This is, God's put on our heart to give this amount, and this is more than we would have thought, but we're going to give this, and I know you sacrificially gave, and I want to celebrate you and say, God's going to reward that. He's going to reward it in ways uh, that you may not uh, think about. You know, it might be financially. He might reward you financially. It might be relationally. It might be something else completely and entirely. But God is going to reward secret gifts. He's told us in his word. It's a promise in his word. When we give in secret, God sees it, and he's going to reward it. Moving on in Matthew 6, verse 5 through 8, Jesus goes on and he says, And when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites. All right, so two things, right? The first uh, first section we uh, read about giving, and now we're going to read about prayer. Jesus contrasts, and contrasts, what is healthy with what is unhealthy. He encourages the healthy practice, and he's going to discourage the unhealthy practice of the hypocrites. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. before you ask him. Now let's break this section down a little bit. All right, Jesus is comparing and contrasting what is healthy with what is unhealthy, what you, we should be doing versus what the hypocrites are doing. He says the hypocrites they're praying in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by other people. He's saying they're they're praying and they're proclaiming. Now, prayer is one of those things that there's not a whole lot of tangible, uh, there's not a whole lot of tangible and immediate. Uh, rewards for prayer. Usually when we pray, right, we see God move and he speaks to us and sometimes he gives us vision, gives us all this, but a lot of times we pray for things and we don't see the answer for weeks and months and, and, and all that. So the, the rewards for prayer, like it's one, of these, it's one of these things that when we pray, the reward, we're literally talking to our Father and the reward is supposed to come from our Father. So if we pray to be seen by others, Jesus says we forfeit the reward that's supposed to come from our Father. Then what's the point? Like what's the point of prayer? Unless we're supposed, to, unless we get the reward from our father, like there's no point in it. But he's saying these hypocrites, they just stand there because they just wanted everyone else to see how spiritual they are. You know, the first one, the giving portion, they wanted to see everyone to see how generous they were. Now they're wanting people to see how spiritual they are, so that they can have power over people, so that people will be jealous of them. And, God, and Jesus says, this is not good. And then he says, also, just like the hypocrites, don't just throw up all these empty phrases. These empty, meaningless phrases. They think they're going to be heard because of their many words. What he's saying is, when we pray, we're a go in secret. Close that door because it's between us and God. And then when we pray, it needs to come from our heart. You know, we have prayers. And then Jesus goes into the Lord's Prayer. He says, this is how you should pray. And then he goes through this teaching of the disciples. This is what you should pray. But when we look at the Lord's Prayer... A lot of cultures, Christian cultures, Christian denominations have memorized the Lord's Prayer and then just recite the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again. And they're just saying it with their mouth but not meaning it in their heart. Now, there's, there's no magic formula that we're supposed to say. With our, you know, the, there's no magic formula we say, no magic words we say when we pray to get God to answer uh, you know, our prayer. But I do know that empty words are meaningless, but heartfelt words are powerful. So Jesus says, go into a room by yourself go into secret and then pray with heartfelt sincerity so the second thing if you're taking notes you could write this down is that God rewards secret prayers not only does God reward secret gifts but God rewards secret prayers when we get into that time alone with God when we close that door and we're alone we spend some focused time with him he rewards those prayers Now, the rewards we see from prayer, just like the rewards we might see from giving, they can vary wildly. Sometimes we think, well, God's going to reward my prayer by answering my prayer. Well, maybe the the answer that we're seeking is not really what's best for us or not according to God's will. And so we don't see a specific answer to that prayer. But Jesus promised us that we will be rewarded for prayers in secret. So no time spent in secret in heartfelt prayer is wasted. No time. Even if you don't, if you spend hours and hours and hours, and I've done it, spent hours and hours and hours praying for healing for someone and then they pass away or praying for healing from a certain ailment and that doesn't come about, those hours that were spent in prayer, they were not wasted hours. If there's heartfelt, sincere prayer, well, now I told you about it. I lost my reward. I'm just kidding. Uh, But those heartfelt hours, like they're not wasted. Even if the answer we're looking for is not what we get, those times with God are not wasted because God rewards secret prayers. There's another thing Jesus says here. He says, uh, your father who is in secret will reward you, right? He says, do not be like those that heap up their many words for your father knows what you need before you ask. See, God knows what we need before we ask. He knows what we need before we even ask him for it. The other day, our youngest was uh, at the table, and someone had just put his food in front of him. It was either me or Brooke or, or whatever. And he sits down, and almost like clockwork, every time we sit down for a meal, uh, Griffin, he asks for a cup of water, like clockwork. He always, like, can someone give me some water? And usually, like clockwork, it's Brooke or I saying, get your water yourself. Like, you're big enough, go, you know where the cups are, you know where the water is, go get yourself some water. Well, the other day, he's sitting at the dinner table, and uh, someone put his food in front of him, and he turns back, and he goes, Dad, and right then, he sees me, and I had a cup of water, and I just handed it to him. And he goes, oh, how did you know? Dad, how did you know? I was just about to ask you for a cup of water. Dad, I was just about to say, could you give me a cup of water? How did you know I needed it? And I said, because I know all. Right? He'll figure out soon enough that dad does not know all. But it's like this, I know everything because I know your deepest desires, so you better not make a mistake. I always know when you're lying. You know, whatever. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, well, I just know because I know all. He's like, dad. And I was like, I just, you always asked for water, so I knew you needed water. But think about our heavenly father. He does know all, right? Like God knows all. He knows everything. He knows what we need even before we ask him. So there's been times, even in my life, where I'm thinking about, okay, God, well, you know what I need before I ask you, so why would I even, like, I don't, I don't even need to ask. Like, why am I asking? It's like kind of this, you know, uh, existential type of, like, well, what's prayer really for? But we know in Scripture, Jesus says every time we pray, every time we pray with heartfelt sincerity in secret between us and God, not to be seen by others, but to be heard by God, when we pray, there is going to be a reward from the Heavenly Father for those prayers. So even though God knows what we need, he also wants us to ask for it. I mean, there's other scriptures, you know, all through the New Testament, talking about ask and you shall receive. If you don't ask, you might not receive. Even though God knows what we need, he wants us to come and ask for it and to pray in secret. Not for others to hear it, but so that God alone hears it. Keep going, verse 16, Matthew chapter 6. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who's, who sees in secret will reward you. Now, if prayer, you know, if the whole point of prayer is to be heard by God, like fasting kind of ups the ante, right? Because fasting is you're sacrificially giving up some sort of, giving up an entire meal, giving up a week's worth of meals, giving up a certain food or a certain drink that you like, you know, uh, there's one time that I fasted coffee. And I realized I should have prepared my body to fast coffee because after the second day when I had horrible headaches and I couldn't stay awake, I was like, this might not have been the best idea. But fasting is sacrificially giving up something else to spend time with God. And then Jesus says here, if you're doing that to be seen by others, that's your only reward. I mean, that's a pitiful reward for the sacrifice of fasting. You know, well, uh, if you're not familiar with fasting, that's what fasting is. It's giving up something. It's typically a meal, you know, a food item. It's typically like, I, well, instead of lunch, I'm not going to eat lunch, but instead I'm going to go pray and spend time with the Lord. Because fasting is twofold. It's giving up something so that we can spend more time with God. If we're not spending more time with God, then it's not spiritual fasting. It's just fasting. Now, if you do the intermittent fasting, you know, I have people that I work with and they do the intermittent fasting. you are like, well, I'm an intermittent fast. Like, that has no spiritual value if you're not praying. Like, I just be real. That's not, like, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about, well, I'm going to give up sweets and then I'm going to call that a fast. Great. Go ahead. Give up sweets. That might help your, you know, your, your, your physical health. Cool. But if you're not praying, like, I don't care. You're giving up sweets. You know, that's your personal choice. It's like fasting is about giving up something so that we can spend more time with God. Now, there's all different types of fasting as well. Like, all throughout Scripture, there's different types of fasting and what fasting is for. Uh, fasting is for spending more time with God. But I wrote down, you know, some uh, types of fasting. Uh, fasting was used in Scripture. Uh, To strengthen prayer, you know, to kind of focus and strengthen your prayer time. If you have a specific need, a specific prayer, fasting is used to strengthen that prayer. Fasting is also used to seek guidance. You know, when there's times where you're looking uh, at a job opportunity or a move or like, you know, a big decision with the kids or or whatever, and you need some guidance, uh, a healthy thing to do during that period is to fast, is to give up something. Uh, In scripture, we see that multiple times. Fasting is used to seek guidance from the Lord, to hear Him more clearly. Uh, another type of fast is to seek protection we can fast to seek protection fast to seek deliverance all throughout scripture we see that in old testament uh, a lot seeking protection and deliverance through fasting another type of fast is a fast of repentance whenever we have made some mistakes we've sinned greatly and we need to repent greatly uh, fasting can be a, a healthy part of that uh, uh, part of that thing part of repentance uh Fasting can also uh, in scripture we see it to overcome temptation. If there's a certain type of temptation that you just continually succumb to that temptation over and over and over again, you can do a specific fast, a specific timing, you know, whether it be a day or a week or a, a whole like every lunch for a month or something, you know, to, to overcome a specific temptation. And I've used this illustration in the past, but I think it applies here too. Uh, you know, if I were to have a, a, a big jar, you know, like let's say I had a big jar on this table and inside the jar was a ping-pong ball but the, the top of the jar was too small for my hand to fit in it, right? That ping pong ball would represent the sin that's in my life. And so much of our lives, when we have sins uh, that we're trying to get rid of, we try to get down, we try to get the sin out of our life. We try to remove it, we try to remove it. But I, if I you know, couldn't fit my hand in the jar, the sin, would, the sin would still stay there. And that's what happens a lot, is we try to just uh, behavior modification. We try to modify our behavior and change the sin. But if I were to take a big cup of water... Right, and pour that in the jar, then that ping pong ball would go all the way up to the top and that could easily remove it. Well, that jar of water would represent God, would represent the Holy Spirit. So many times when we're trying to overcome a temptation, we're trying to get past the sin, instead of trying behavior modification, what we should really be trying is to get more of God in and fasting can be a really great part of that. Uh, Fasting can also uh, be used to just express love and worship to God. Here's what fasting is not, okay? Fasting is not a hunger strike to get what you want. I think sometimes that's what Christians use fasting as. Like, it's a hunger strike. I'm not going to eat until God gives me what I want. I'm on a hunger strike. Like, that's not what fasting is. You know, that's not a fasting, that's not what it is at all. Fasting is giving up something and spend more time with God. And there are huge rewards to fasting, massive rewards to fasting. But sometimes they're not getting what we want. Because sometimes the reward of fasting is realizing what we wanted is not what we need. That's a big part of getting in the presence of God and fasting and spending focused time with him is that we're giving up something and then God blesses that. And whenever we fast, he blesses that time. When I fasted in the past, I mean, there's been times where I fasted, you know, I fasted multiple meals or whatever and felt nothing. But the majority of the time when I fast, at least by, you know, the end of it, most of the time by the beginning. I can feel just an extra sense of God in the room with me because I'm spending this focused time giving up something uh, for him and fasting uh, to spend that time with him. But a lot of times in in those moments with God, he rearranges our priorities or he begins to reveal something. You thought you wanted this, but if you got that, this is what that would actually mean, so that is not what you need. So instead, let's start praying for this. Instead, God rewards secret fasting. Let's move on. Verse 19. We're good. Okay. Do not, Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I've heard this scripture preached like tons and tons of times growing up. And the majority of the time that I heard this scripture preached, it had to do with money. And I was like, well, you invest your money in the kingdom of God because that's where you want your treasure to be. And there is, I mean, that's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted this morning to point out the the context leading up to this verse. Jesus has just talked about generosity. He's talked about prayer. and He's talked about fasting. And he's talked about how God rewards us. And then he says, after he talks about all these things done in secret, God's going to reward us. Then he says, store up treasures in heaven or store up rewards in heaven. So maybe the rewards that we're going to receive for that secret prayer, that secret fast, that secret generous gift might be a heavenly reward. And let me tell you, the amount of time we're going to spend in heaven compared to the amount of time we're going to spend on earth, like, it's way more. Way, 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 way more. Right? So if there's going to be a reward for something that I do here on earth, I would rather it be a reward in heaven. We're such an instant gratification society, right? Like, I want my reward, and I want it now. I want my reward. Like, okay, God, I prayed, and it was in secret. Do I get my reward now? Is it time? Is it time? How about now? How about now? How about now? Dad, can we go shopping with our Christmas money today, right now? No, we can't. How about now? No. Just a little bit. How about now? No. How about now? No. Just stop asking me. We're never shopping with your Christmas money. I'm not saying that's a real-world scenario that happened in the past two weeks or anything, but... We, all, we just we want it now, right? But Jesus is saying, store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy. If I'm going to get a reward, if I'm going to get a treasure, man, I would love for it to be a heavenly reward, a heavenly treasure. And I want to apologize to our church family. I don't think I've talked about this enough. Growing up, like the church I grew up in, we talked about this quite a bit. and It was really impactful for my life. Like it really directed a lot of my growing up years and even my young adult years, the sense of like what I do on this earth impacts what I receive in eternity. And I just haven't talked about it. We've been at church like for three years now. I don't know if I've really ever talked about it. So I apologize that I've not talked about it. But so many of you, I can tell you, have stored up so many heavenly rewards already just in the three years that I've known a lot of you because I've seen your service. I've seen you faithfully serve week in, week out, this church family. I've seen you serve outside of this place, and you're storing up rewards in heaven. It's a beautiful, and it's a wonderful thing. Number four, if you're taking notes, is that God rewards secret deeds. God rewards secret good deeds. Now, what this doesn't mean is this doesn't mean you have to go and give a gift, and if someone sees you, instantly be mad that they saw you. Right? It was like, well, I was trying to do it in secret. You know, like, and like, well, I'm only going to do good deeds in secret so no one sees. And then if they see me, like, oh, I forfeited my reward. like, it's like no, it's the point of it that I'm doing it uh, secretly so that only God knows about it. And if someone else finds out, they find out, like, that's, you're not going to forfeit your reward, right? He's comparing and contrasting what the hypocrites do. They do it to be seen by men. What the faithful do is they do it to be seen by God. God rewards secret good deeds. Deeds. you know a number of years ago we were serving at a church uh, and the lead pastor we had this big uh like leaders event one night that uh like the staff pastors had put on for a bunch of volunteers there's like hundreds of volunteers there you know and everything they were giving out all these rewards uh you know all these like gifts to people saying thank you and it was a beautiful it was a fun it was a great time it was a really fun time uh, and so all these people you know was like oh the you know the best kids worker in the twos and threes and they would give them this gift and like appreciate them it was really kind of a beautiful time but one of the things that I've thought about—it made such an impact on my life—years um, and years and years and years and years later, I think about it all the time. So it was just—it was one. It was hilarious, but also just the uh, 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 the point of it. But the lead pastor gets up after that and he says, "Hey, I just want to let you guys know, all of you here in this room, hundreds of volunteers, like, have given hours of your time, and we just want to say thank you. And if you didn't get one of these prizes tonight or anything." Like, I just want you to tell you, don't worry about it. Because those that got prizes, that's all they're ever going to get for their good service. And you get rewards in heaven. And so let's just move on. I thought that was hilarious. And he's making a big joke about it. But he's pointing out a very real point. We serve others for God. But that's why we do it. That's why we, we do good deeds for the Lord. We do it for him. We love the kids that we have and we parent them well for the Lord. We love our spouse and we serve our spouse for the Lord. We love our co-workers. We serve and bless our co-workers for the Lord. We love our church family. We serve and bless our church family for the Lord. We do it all for him. And when we do it for him, he rewards us. Now, if I ever appreciate you, you know, for for serving here, if some sort of gift and I say thank you, you still get a reward in heaven. That was a joke that the lead pastor made. But it just reinforces a point, is that we're not doing it for us. We're not doing it to be seen. We're doing it for God. We're doing it for God. So what does this all boil down to? These four things, healthy secrets. God rewards secret gifts. He rewards secret prayers. God rewards secret fasts. God rewards secret good deeds. All of this, what it boils down to, is a word we've probably heard over and over and over again, but maybe this kind of gives us a a real uh, quantifiable picture. What this boils down to, what this is, this is faithfulness. What is faithfulness in Scripture? What does faithfulness look like? Faithfulness is living to please God and not others, not man or woman, not another human being. Faithfulness is living to please him. Faithfulness is secretly being generous and sacrificially generous when the Lord prompts us to not under pressure or compulsion, but when the Lord prompts us to, that we joyfully, sacrificially give. Faithfulness is spending time alone with God and and, and soaking up his presence and praying and petitioning in secret. Faithfulness is fasting, is giving up something to spend even more time with your heavenly father. Faithfulness is serving other people. Your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, your parents, your siblings, your community is serving other people. Not to be seen, but doing it for the Lord. Serving your church family for the Lord. Serving your community for the Lord. It's faithfulness. All of this boils down to faithfulness. Because faithfulness is living our lives to please God. In a minute, we're going to look at the back of our connection card and we're going to think, what is my next right step Jesus, Or maybe as you are preparing your New Year's resolutions, as you're thinking about what is 2022 going to look like for you, I would encourage you, whether you write it on the card or if it's just one of your New Year's resolutions, maybe your next right step with Jesus is taking some steps away from pleasing humans and taking some steps toward pleasing God. Say, I'm going to live my life to please my Father. I'm going to be faithful to what he's called me to do. So this next week, this next year, what are some secret gifts that you could give? This next year, what are some secret gifts that you could give? When Brooke and I had our, uh, I think it was our third kid. Now it runs together. Maybe it was our second. Our second or third. I don't remember. But uh, second or third child. Uh, Some people at our church family, uh, we were going through a rough time financially. Our garage door had broken, the car had broken down. It was like all this stuff was just kind of heaping up at once, and then when you first have a baby, you know, like it's real expensive, real fast. Diapers, you know, wipes, all that kind of stuff. If you do formula, formula's crazy expensive. It's all really expensive, really fast. And so, you know, we're, we're doing okay. Like, we're not, you know, st- like struggling mightily or going into debt or anything. But we're like draining emergency funds to kind of keep up with all this crisis that happened. And one day we came home and there was a Costco size or Sam size box of diapers. No name. We don't know who it came from. It was a secret gift that blessed us immensely. I mean, it was diapers for like a month. And that was like a, probably like 100 bucks you know, like back then, like diapers for a month, especially with a couple of our kids, like they went through diapers like nobody's business. And then two of them didn't use near as many diapers. I'm like, how do we, what do we do here? Like, how do we, can we figure out where they use like half as many diapers? We had so many. That person who gave that secret gift, they're rewarded in heaven because no one knows. I still to this day, I have no idea. We even said, like I was preaching one day in front of the whole church and I was like, and someone gave it, I just want to say thank you so much. Please, like tell me who you are so we can thank you. Like no one said a word. You know, and now I realize like, yeah, because they wanted a reward from heaven, not from me. But what are some secret gifts you could give? What are some secret fasts you could do? Maybe some secret fasts you should do this year, this next year, this next week. What are some secret prayers? Have you set aside time in your week or in your day to spend some one-on-one alone time with God? Just praying, secretly, closing that door and praying what are some secret good deeds that you could do this year? Ways that you could bless someone else. I bet if we were to stop and think of the people in our life, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, extended family, you know, I bet if we were to stop and think, we could probably come up with some ways that we could secretly bless the people in our life. What are some secret good deeds that you could do to bless those around you? Let's close our eyes and let's pray this morning for a minute before we jump into our next steps. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you see everything we do. God, I just even sense in this moment that there's some people here that have been doing some that have been praying or serving or something. They've been doing something for years in secret, and they have felt like you haven't seen them. And this morning is just a reminder that you see them. You see what we've done in secret. You've seen the sacrifices we've made. You see the gifts we've given, the deeds we've done, the prayers we've prayed, the fasts we've been on. You see it all. And I thank you for the earthly rewards that we so often receive by following you. The peace, the joy, uh, the, the, the love that we receive, the financial blessings we receive, the 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 relationships we receive. I thank you for those earthly blessings. But God, I take a moment and I thank you for the heavenly rewards we will receive when we arrive one day. God, I pray that this morning, as we begin to think about our next steps, we begin to think about those gifts, those deeds, those prayers, those fasts that you uh, maybe be prompting us to, to, uh, to take on this year. I pray we have the boldness and the strength to take those steps. And that we would live our lives to please you. Which means that we'd be faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you want to grab that connection card, on the back of the connection card, it says, this week I will. This week I will. It's just, what's my next right step? So each, each week we think about, what's my next right step with Jesus? You know, what's that next step he's asking me to take? Maybe it's this week I will spend some time in prayer. Maybe it's this week I will, you know, give secret gifts or whatever it may be. This week I will. And then you fill it out for two reasons. One, you fill it out because uh, then it gives action steps, gives legs to what the Lord was speaking to you this morning, what the Holy Spirit was stirring in your heart today. The second reason you fill it out is so that our prayer team can pray for you because we want to pray specifically for your faith journey, where you're at, what your next step is. We want to be praying for you. So that's why we filled these out. You can drop the yellow connection cards in the buckets. Uh, in the back on your way out. Online, your connection cards are on the website. You can fill them out there. Uh, and I'm excited for the next few weeks and just this next year of what God's going to do uh, in each one of our lives and in our church family. I think God's got some good things planned for 2022. I'm in no way going to predict what those are because I have no idea. You know, I read this article called How to Lead When You Have No Idea when You're, Where You're Going. Uh, Because usually, like, leadership is all about, like, we know where we're going, and this is where we're headed, so we gather people, we're going to get there. And, like, the article was, it wasn't a Christian article, it was, like, a secular article, uh, and it was basically just saying, like, hey, these past two years, all those plans that we thought we had for the company growth, for this, that, and we're going to add this many locations, and, like, blah, 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 all that stuff was, like, all that's gone out the window. So how do you lead when you don't know where you're going? I thought, man, what an interesting concept. And I began to think about the church. Well, church leadership, like, yeah, we can think about, well, here's where we're going and this is what we want to build and do and blah, 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 At the same time, we always know where we're going. We always know where we're going. Where are we going? Like, we're going to heaven one day. That's where we're going. We always know where we're going. Our purpose is to love God and to love people. We always know that we're going to do that, and that's what we need to be doing. So this next year, God's got some great things in store. I don't know what those are, but I do know it's going to involve a lot of God and it's going to involve a lot of good people. All right? Would you stay with me this morning? Before we go, I just want to tell you that God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and your mistakes. And while Jesus was on this earth, he was the light of the world, and he said two things. He said he's with us always, even till the end of the age, and he said that we're the light of the world. So let's go be the light of the world to someone this week. Let's make a difference. Snacks, coffee, that's it.